Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rob Scheinberg, Rabbi of United Synagogue of Hoboken, New Jersey. Though when this podcast is released, I'll be at Camp Ramah in the Berkshires in Wingdale, New York. And today, we're studying Psachim, Lamed Dalad, Psachim, pages 34a and b. On today's pages, we'll be talking about the halachic significance of paying attention and not paying attention. And we have a little cameo appearance on our page by Elijah the prophet. We'll talk about his significance in the legal sections of the Talmud. For the last couple of pages, we've been talking about Turumah, the produce that everyone was supposed to separate from their property to be given to the Kohanim, the priests. For a non-Kohen to eat or otherwise benefit from Turumah is a serious infraction, and the last few pages have discussed the penalties for doing so. Today's page includes a halachic question that's framed in the context of a brief story about some of the rabbis talking about their learning. Abaye Baravin v'Rav Hananya Baravin, Tanu Trumot Be'Rabba. Two rabbis, apparently brothers, Abaye Baravin and Hananya Baravin, were learning Masachat Trumot, the tractate that deals with the laws of Truma, in the academy of Rabba. Pagabaho, Rava Bar Matna. Amarlaho, Mayamritu Bitrumot de Beymar. Rava Barmatna met them and asked them, What have you been learning about regarding Trumot in Rava's academy? Amrule, Umaikashelach. They responded to him by asking him, Arwal, are you having any difficulties with this subject? And it turns out that he was having a difficulty with it. Amarlaho, Tanan, Shtile Trumot, Shinid Mu, Ustalan, Tohorim, Militame, Vasurim, Mileho. He responded, it says in a Mishnah in Masachat Trumot, stalks of produce that were designated as Truma and that then became Tame, that became impure, but then they were replanted. They're considered to be Tehorim Militame. They are pure in that they no longer impart impurity to other things. Apparently the fact that they've been replanted makes them considered to be like a new organism and they revert back to their pure status. However, asurin le'achol, but they're forbidden to eat. And this bothered Rava Barmatna. If they're pure and they don't impart impurity to other things, well, why are they forbidden to eat? What happens next, which for the purposes of this podcast we'll be skipping over, is that the Baravin brothers then give an explanation that they heard from their teacher Rava, but... Rava Barmana raises an objection to that explanation that they cannot answer. So then they say to him, Well, have you heard anything about this? And he says, yes, in fact, this is what Rav Sheshet says about this Mishnah. My Asurin, Asurin the Kohanim, Ho'il Sulu Laho Hadat. In the Mishnah, when it said that those replanted stalks are forbidden to eat, this meant that they're forbidden for Kohanim to eat because they've been become impermissible because of Hesach Hadat, because of inattention. 
Hezek Hadat is a category that comes up sometimes in Halakha, in which there's a requirement for something to be carefully watched or attended to, and its status is considered to be precarious enough that if your attention were diverted from it, we would presume that something went wrong with it. So one example that many people know about in this regard is Nitzilat Yadayim, the ritual hand-washing that precedes Hamotzi, blessing over bread, at a meal. Traditional practice is that people wash their hands in the ritual way, and then they do not speak until Hamotzi, blessing over bread, is recited and the bread is eaten. And the halachic basis for this practice is that one should not have an interruption at that point that would cause one's attention to be diverted away from the pure status of one's hands. Because when we stop being extremely attentive to our hands and lose track of them, they may do something that would render them impure again, and we'd have to wash our hands again. So, in this case, these stalks of truma were at one time tameh, impure, so they were not watched as carefully as they would otherwise have been, and even though they have now been replanted, they've still been rendered impermissible because of hesach hadat, inattention. But there are two ways that one can understand hesach hadat here. And next, an early Amoraic statement is brought that shows a dispute. Rabbi Yochanan thought that hesach hadat is a Hesachadat makes something invalid because of the possibility of impurity. Having your attention diverted from something pure and holy is, well, a bad idea, because when this happens, chances are that something will happen that will render the item impure, so we presume the item has been rendered impure. But Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish disagrees and says, Hesachadat is a psul haguf. Hesachadat makes something inherently invalid. Having your attention diverted from something holy and pure automatically renders it impure. And the Talmud goes on now to explain the implications of Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish's statements about Hesach Hadat. Rabbi Yochanan Amar have she'im yavo Eliyahu bi'tarena shomin lo. Rabbi Yochanan says. Hesach hadat, inattention, makes something invalid because of the possibility that it has become impure. And this means that if the prophet Elijah were to come and tell us that it's pure, well, we would listen to him. So this is the cameo appearance by Elijah that I mentioned. Of course, Elijah is a prophet whose stories are told in the Book of Kings, and he's also considered to be the herald of the Messianic era. Since, according to the Tanakh, he did not die, but rather ascended to heaven alive in a chariot. Rabbinic literature regards him as one of the only people who can travel back and forth from the earthly realm to the heavenly realm, and he is thus regarded as one who has access to all wisdom. And one of the things that Elijah will do when he arrives together with the Mashiach, according to the Talmud, is that he will answer all unresolved halachic questions. In fact, the word that is used in the Talmud at the conclusion of an unresolved argument, the word teku, which literally in Aramaic means let the argument stand. That word was regarded by some medieval authorities as an acronym for the phrase tishbi yitaretz kushiot uvayot. Elijah the Tishbite will come to resolve all questions and challenges such as this one. So back to our page. Rabbi Yochanan says, Truma that has not been continually attended to is considered invalid because of the possibility that it had become impure. However, if hypothetically we were able to consult with someone with perfect knowledge, such as Elijah, and ask, was this truma ever made impure during the time when our attention was diverted away from it? And 
Elijah were to answer, No, nothing happened to render this truma impure. Then we would accept Elijah's word, and the truma would still be valid. However, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish Omer, but on this question, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish takes a stricter view because he regards Hesach Hadat as being something that inherently, inalterably makes the substance forbidden. So if Elijah were to come and we ask, Elijah, was this truma ever made impure during the time when our attention was diverted away from it? And if Elijah were to say, I promise you that during the time your attention was diverted from this truma, absolutely nothing happened to it to render it tameh. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish would say, we don't listen to Elijah on this point. The fact that our attention was diverted is enough to invalidate the truma. Like many halachic disputes in the Talmud, this one is never actually resolved. But before the podcast concludes... Let me share with you one other way that the expression Hesech Hadad is used elsewhere in the Talmud. Hesech Hadad, meaning inattention, is used in an Agadic passage in Tractate Sanhedrin, which we should be doing in the Daf Yomi cycle at some point in early 2017. When Rabbi Zera used to see the rabbis doing calculations to try to figure out exactly when the Mashiach would arrive, he would say to them, I beg of you, don't do anything to push the arrival of the Mashiach even later. Ditanina, because we've learned in Abraita, Shlosha Ba'in Behesach Hadat. There are three things that come in a moment of Hesach Hadat, a moment of inattention. Eluhen, Mashiach, Metziah, Ve'akrav. What are they? The Mashiach, a lost object, and a scorpion. Or in other words, a scorpion is most likely to strike you at the time than you least expect it. You're most likely to encounter a lost object at that moment when you stop actively searching for it. And the Mashiach is most likely to come at that moment when we stop actively focusing on the arrival of the Mashiach. So calculating when the Mashiach will come is simply a way of pushing off the Mashiach's arrival till later. Hesach Hadat may be a bad thing when we want to protect ourselves from things becoming impure or from scorpions, but Hesach Hadat may be essential when we're searching for lost things or when we're awaiting blessings. I think this may be the Talmud's version of the saying, a watched pot never boils. And it may also anticipate the spiritual truth that sometimes we are most alive and most actualized in a moment of Hesach Hadad, in a moment when we are so engrossed in something as to be oblivious to our surroundings. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.